Hey there everyone, welcome aboard to the One Touch Talks. This is your host Mayuresh Matkar. So match day 5 of the UEFA Champions League has just been concluded and we've already got Barcelona, Juventus and Atletico Madrid heading to the Europa League. We'll take a look at what happened in Portugal as Benfica beat Juventus by 4 goals to 3. We'll take a look at uh, Atletico Madrid's group as well as Porto and Club Brugge heading to the round of 16. We'll also take a look at what happened between Tottenham and Sporting Club de Portugal as they both squared off in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and we'll also have a brief discussion of the Leipzig and Real Madrid game but we'll have to start from the Spotify camp now as Barcelona were again humiliated by Bayern Munich in front of their own fans as they've been sent again to the Europa League. So it ended Barcelona nil, Bayern Munich 3 yesterday in the camp now. It was a really bad performance by Barcelona and it is kind of the carbon copy of performances that we've been seeing against a bigger opposition uh, consistently, I think, from Barcelona. And they haven't really had their lessons yet. I mean, they have had their lessons, but they haven't really learned anything from their lessons. And, uh, well, you can probably give them a pass for not being up to the game because of... Uh, the circumstances related to it because they never had any chance of getting out of that group stage because Inter had already won their game against Victoria Plasenia in the San Siro and you would say that probably it has to take a mental toll on these Barcelona players but then again I'm going to question Xavi's tactics I do not know what reason is then there to play Sergio Busquets in this game I I've been a big fan of Sergio Busquets. Uh, by the way, this was his final game that he's ever going to play in the Champions League. That was his last game in the Champions League, and that was a humiliation against Bayern Munich of sorts. I mean, the scoreline would not suggest it, but Barcelona were terrible in the game. And as I said, the final ever game that he's going to play in the Champions League because he's going to be suspended uh, before their travels to Czechia when they will play Victoria Plasenia. Uh, we'll talk about that game as well, but it was his final ever game and what a career he's had. I mean, three Champions League titles, uh, two trebles with Barcelona, the one against Manchester United when they won at the Wembley. I think that's the three Champions Leagues that he's won, yeah. So, incredible career, but again, I'll have to question why was Sergio Busquets playing in this game? I do not think that's the game for him to play. Um because see your heads are down I, I get that you want to get a statement out there but the statement wasn't there without Sergio Busquets I do not know what statement they were trying to get across with Sergio Busquets on the pitch uh, I, I, I do not know I, I don't think this was his game he had 30 touches in the entire game was not really well I mean, I mean the application of the plan that was put forward by Xavi or I believe there was a plan to be to, to, to start with, but you know, that wasn't the case. I mean, it's just very sickening to see what's happening at Barcelona. If you're a Barcelona fan, I mean, I'll just I'll just recommend you to get a mental therapy. I mean, that this this is bad. I mean, let's be honest about it. Um, I don't think he had much choices to go uh, at the top end of the pitch. But still, you could have played Ferran Torres, who's been very, very good. I mean, he played very well against Villarreal. He played very well against Athletic Club de Bilbao. But you're not playing them. You play Pedri in an, in an advanced role. You play four midfielders. I mean, that's the formula that he's been applying for the entirety of the season. I mean, 
you could take a look at what happened in 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 Milan against Inter. I mean, he used Rafinha as an inside midfield. He was on 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 paper, he was obviously a winger, but you know, on the pitch, he was playing as an advanced midfielder in the wide half space on the left hand side, along with Ped, along with Gavi on the right and Pedro and Busquets uh, playing out deep and dictating the play. And that was the that 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 was the old way that they were set up against the Inter and he likes to play those four midfielders but li- likes to play that box sort of a midfield something that uh, we saw a lot from uh, um, from Peter Bosch at Bayer Leverkusen if you would recall it I mean when Kai Havertz was there and all those um, at, at that time I mean I mean, I, I cannot recall all the players that were playing at that time but you know Kai Havertz was a big part of that team at that time so that sort of thing that he's trying to apply in that Barcelona midfield that hasn't been working. Well, you could say Ferran Torres deserved to start in this game. I think Dembele played really well. I think he had a pretty decent game against uh, against Alfonso Davies. I mean, Alfonso Davies was given a... I mean, the, the, the most worked player in that Bayern Munich side was probably Alfonso Davies and probably Dio Upamecano because, uh, well, he was on Lewandowski every single time Lewandowski had a chance of getting the ball. Um, but yeah, as I said, the heads were dropping. It was not a good performance. What kind of statement are you going to throw up? I, I do not understand what the situation is going to be right now in the in, 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 in the higher offices. I don't know, Matteo Alemani... Juan Laporta. I mean, the estimated loss right now from Barcelona for Barcelona is, well, it probably is around forty to fifty million euros. I mean, that's what is the predicted loss that they will be, um, that 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 they they will be actually getting from the season. I mean, the the next few games are very simple. I think the. Uh, the trip to Mastai is going to be difficult against Valencia. They're playing some good football lately. And then they have uh, to go to Czechia to play Victoria Plasenia. Then they have got the game against Almeria at the camp now. Uh, Osasuna, uh, Osasuna away. And then uh, the Catalan derby against uh, against Espanyol at the camp now before they travel to the Civitas Metropolitana to play Atletico Madrid. But, you know, the story is about Xavi right now and is he ready to manage a big big team? I think he's, he's, he's getting the experience. And as I said in my last podcast, things are very contradicting right now for Xavi and what the team wants. This team was not built for Xavi to learn his trade. I mean, I get that. I mean... I'll I'll tell you what I think of it and what is going on right now. This team was not built for Xavi to learn his trade and then implement it after a season or two and then get Barcelona into the glory days. No, it was designed to win the league in this season or the next season and to have a deep run in the Champions League. They projected a Champions League run until the quarterfinals of the competition and they're out in the fourth game itself, I mean, yeah, you might call it that they're officially out of the Champions League in this game, but the the writing was on the wall in the fourth game itself, and the camp now against Inter. And bearing in mind what what Xavi is, Xavi's managed a club in Qatar where 
he's got all the resources. He's managing a team which is probably the richest team on the land, the richest team in the in, in the entire country, and he's got all the resources and he's got all the experience of playing in Europe. There's not much competition in Qatar and he's done well. And on the basis of that, he's come here and he's going to manage in Barcelona. I don't know what things... I don't know. I don't know what it's. It, it sounds like, but it's just a ridiculous plan. And if 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 I am Juan Laporta, I think of it as like you know, we've got this dire financial situation. We'll try and navigate through and deal with it first, and then and in time give Xavi the time to learn his trade. We don't care if you lose out, crash out of the Champions League in the group stage itself. But. Learn your trade, implement on what you've got. We'll get you one or two signs, but don't, don't expect us to bring us Levin, bring Lewandowski, Kunde, and Rafinha. That's what I think. It's it's a hypothetical situation which I'm talking about. Um, don't expect us to bring. I mean, we get you two or three good, two or three good players, one or two good free transfers like a Frank Kessier, and you've got good players. You've got Pedro, you've got Gavi, you've got Frankie De Jong. We'll keep Frankie De Jong for you. We'll bring in Kessier, so that's another option for you. You've got Ferran Torres, you've got Dembélé, we'll renew Dembélé on our own terms. It might as well get you a good winger from a lesser team, but you work things around. You've got Memphis Depay, he's injured right now, but yeah, you've got Memphis Depay. Get some good things, we'll get a bit lucky with the draws here and there. Get us to the Champions League knockout, or even if you crash out of the Champions League, no, nothing, nothing doing there. We get you out next season. We again build around. We see what resources we have. We get some money in. We have some veterans to deal with. We do everything and we keep on competing and we bridge the gap towards uh, a settled team. But now what they've done is they have just piled on the pressure on Xavi and he's very much been given the... He's been given the lockers to the lockers to treasure, and well, he's he he's certainly disappointed. I I don't think it's much down to Xavi. In in all honesty, I think uh, he's not ready for the job. I I do not think he was ready for the job because I do not understand any game that he's played. He has won a tactical battle. I think the one game that he won a tactical battle was at the camp now against Atletico Madrid. Against Real Madrid, people talk about that four 0 victory at the at the at the Bernabeu. Well, call anything about it, but I, I do not think that was a good game. Well, Real Madrid were having Modric, and they didn't have Benzema. The back line was the back line that I mean, call anything about that game. That was not a good game. What Real Madrid faced up with a proper tactical battle. I think it was Diego Simeone was beaten by Xavi. Last season, apart from that, I, I I don't understand if there was any game in which uh, he proved his metal. So that would have been my way to go about things. I know people would think you know he he is a prodigy prodigy son or something like that, but it's it's ridiculous. I mean, if you look at the game yesterday, that why are you pressing high when you're playing Hector Bellerin as your right back, who's had minutes next to zero in this year? Um, by the way, yeah, uh, have you ever heard Hector? I, I, I was, this is the first time that I heard Hector Bellerin speak in English, and my word, he's got a very good accent, and he does not—he does not speak like he is a Spaniard when he speaks in English. 
I mean, you you really have to look at his in, his post post match interview. I mean, he's probably uh, speaking for CBS or BT Sport. I don't know, but he he really is a very good speaker in English. It he does not come across as a Spaniard when he speaks in English. It's got that proper English accent for like like a guy who's been in London for long. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's been in London for long. I mean played for Arsenal for a long time so yeah but yeah he speaks very very good English um, yeah so why are you playing Hector Berrin why are you asking to press high why why is the team pressing high if it's Sergio Busquets around there I, I, I don't get it I mean I don't get why Sergio Busquets was playing in this game first of all um, Lewandowski I mean all the games that he's played he's not been good against a better opposition I mean he had one moment of brilliance. I mean, you, you might argue that there were very, very good defensive structures around him when he played against a bigger opposition this season. Talk about uh, Edouard Militao when they played at the Bernabeu. Talk about Skriniar, De Vrij and Bastoni in both the games that they played against Inter. I mean, obviously, the uh, second goal for Lewandowski against Inter was very, very good. The first one was... Was was a mistake from Defra, let's be honest. And uh, it's two games where, first of all, Lucas Hernandez and Lucas Hernandez Upamecano, I think it was at the Allianz Arena. The second one, it probably was Upamecano and Delict yesterday who started. Yeah, it was those two. So those two did really well and shut them out. So probably in 450 odd minutes that he's been on the pitch against the big teams, he's scored two goals, one of which was a deflected shot and one was a good header. So yeah. Uh, but you would you would argue that right now they the the the, the team's a mess and, and for me I think the, the squad needs replenishing and well do they have something to get around? I I don't know. It's it's really hard to say because right now if you look at it they they don't have funds. They they, they can't be buying many players again next summer. That 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 window is gone. I think if they win La Liga, I mean you gain a lot of the trust back from the from 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 the offices. But well, it looks very very bleak right now. I mean I can easily see them losing points at the Mestalla against Valencia. But who knows? I mean football's a very crazy game. Real Madrid lost to RB Leipzig, and we will be talking about it in a minute. But um, well, it's 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 sickening. I mean, well, if you look at it, then there's a lot of big. There's a lot of going into this game that that did you see that could have gone wrong. I mean, well, I mean, Pedri after the game is saying that, you know what, we've we've got a young squad. I mean, that's 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 not true. I mean, I heard him speak on Spanish television that he said that he, he they've got a young squad. Who who what, what young squad have they got? Young squad. I mean, only the young players were playing yesterday were Pedri himself and Alejandro Balde. I mean, apart from them, I mean, Ferran Torres is a seasoned professional. He's played, what, four, five, four seasons, proper four seasons in the Spanish division. One and a, one, probably one full year at Barcelona and, what, three seasons at Valencia. Then you've got Lewandowski is a seasoned professional, and don't forget Ferran Torres has also played in the Premier League for two and a half years. Um, then you've got other players as well. You've got Frankie De Jong, who's 
this is his fifth season at Barcelona, the fourth season, I don't really remember, fourth season at Barcelona, Champions League experience with Ajax. Um, you've got Kessier, who's a marvellous midfielder. He is a he was probably the best midfielder in the Serie A last season and the season before that as well. And then you've got Busquets, who's not old. Lewandowski is not old. Dembele has been a disappointment since he's been he's, he's joined from Borussia Dortmund. I mean, you can see he's got the talent, but the decision making is way off. I mean, if you compare the talent to the decision making, that's that's really chalk and cheese. Um, apart from them, I'm, I'm I'm really struggling to get a hold of it. I mean, Kunde has been a seasoned professional. Uh, well, you can talk about Marcus Alonso. He's been around there for a while. Piquet's well, he's 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 a legend, obviously. Uh, Jordi Alba is a legend. Um, Hector Berin is a seasoned professional. So where's the youngsters? And Gavi, Pedri, Balde, and Fati are the only players I can think of as youngsters. Apart from there's no one. Uh, and Pablo Torre, he he could have started this game. I mean, if if I'm Barcelona, I'm thinking, you know what? Screw this. I mean, we're going to play all the youngsters. Screw Pedri. Gavi might play. I mean, no Pedri, no Gavi. Play Cassio because he's not getting game time. So just shove them up uh, on the on the plane to Czechia and see what happens out there. So the season's practically over for them now. One or two losses and Real Madrid will be running away with the league. Um, and I can see them just losing the plot before January. And if that's happening, I mean... If I'm Sergio Busquets, leave Barcelona in the January transfer window and join them and, and go to MLS. Go to Miami and chill out on the beaches. That's what you can do. Join nightclubs in Florida and do something very stupendous. I mean, that could be really amazing, wouldn't it? So we are staying in Spain and we move on to the Civitas Metropolitano in Madrid. And uh, we had a treat to watch. I mean, Atletico Madrid, Champions League nights. I mean, that's the last we're going to see of it. But... Um, yeah, it was a very interesting game. It was a very, very good game. Uh, it was a 2-2 draw in the end. Uh, not a good result if you're an Atletico fan because they had to win to secure Champions League football. I mean, not secure, but have a chance to play Champions League football because the next game was against Porto at the Dragao. And they, well, they practically screwed it and... It's not a good game, to be honest, if you're an Atletico supporter. But as neutral, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I like the way Atletico played. I like the way um, even by Leverkusen played. I mean, they've done really well. I mean, it's one win in eight now for Leverkusen in all competitions. It's not looking good for them, but you can probably see what the philosophy, what the identity of the team is building under Xabi Alonso. Um, yeah, it's been very, very good for a couple of weeks now for Leverkusen and I hope to see them building something good under Alonso but you know it's 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 been really 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 bad for Atletico Madrid over the last few weeks I mean all that Griezmann situation is gone now it's a Giraffe Felix situation which has arisen I mean I feel sorry for that guy you know he's um he's he's not been in a good space I mean I do not think that he is a good fit for Atletico Madrid I mean I'm I'm really siding with all the experts around there, but I still think in his heart, deep down inside his heart, he wants to succeed at Atletico Madrid. I can tell you that he cares for the club. I can tell you that he wants to be a superstar at the club. That won't materialise. I don't, I don't think it will materialise any which ways, but unless and until 
Simeone changes his tactics, which I don't want to because ultimately what happened in this game was Diego Simeone changed his style and he... Well, Atletico Madrid had 64% of the ball in this game and they had the more number of shots and... I, I I always see these English pundits always criticizing Atletico Madrid for the playing style, this, that, and the other. I, yeah, I get that. I don't like to see what they do in La Liga, but in the Champions League, it's okay because you know teams are not really t- team teams are really not used to seeing that sort of rubbish which Atletico Madrid put forward in in, in the Champions League. But I I like to see what they do in the Champions League, and it's very entertaining according to me. Um, but yeah, you know. If if you talk about it, it's 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 now going to take a toll on Simeone. But he's he's a hero there. I mean, obviously you could you could say that whenever his name has been um, announced by the announcers at the Metropolitano, it's 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 a loud cheer by the fans. He's a cult hero there. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people in the English media don't respect him for what he is, but. In my opinion, he's a trendsetter at Atletico Madrid. He's done a marvelous job there. He, he his his playing style is not for everyone to take, but I, for one, I'm 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 a big fan of his because he's led believe everyone in that city who follows Atletico Madrid, who's a fan of Atletico Madrid, in his way of playing. It's not any voodoo magic or something. He's done that by himself. He's gained. He's earned respect, and for that, I. I really look up to him. I mean, it's not really everyone's cup of tea, but he's done really well. But now the caravan shifts, shift has has shifted to the Europa League, and uh, it's it's not official yet. But if uh, they get the victory against Porto, they will be in the Europa League. That's a sad part of the story, but yeah, I'm happy for Porto. Porto, by the way, were up against uh, Club Brugge and they played really well. They were away in, away in Belgium. Not an easy place to go if you can ask Atletico Madrid or even um, by Leverkusen who were just battered around. I mean, Club Brugge has been very, very good. I mean, you can talk about them lost Flip Clement to, uh, to Monaco last season and they also lost uh, Charles de Catalara to AC Milan and uh, they were on the verge of losing Hans van Aken as well and all the other guys, but they've done really well this season. Some of the Canadians have been playing out of their skin this season for Club Brugge, so it's good to see. Um, but yeah, you know, if you look at this game, it's brilliant to see. Mehdi Taremi is such an underrated player, isn't he? Marvellous technician with the ball at his feet, but I mean, they're not having the best of times in the league. I mean, they were beaten not long ago by Benfica in the uh, in, in in the Portuguese league. But it's 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 a good team. It's a good manager which is managing this team. It's is it's got that really good steel about it. I mean, David Carmo has finally started settling the side. Um, Otavio is a marvelous player. I mean, I I I mean, I don't know, but he needs to be in that starting eleven for Portugal. Um, you talk about Teremi and all these other guys. The Pepe, the other Pepe who plays for this team is again very, very good. And um, yeah, you know, as much as I mean, by f- and all these players aside, Diogo Costa, my goodness, he he's such a not fine goalkeeper, isn't he? He's a dreamboat. If you look at him, he's 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 got very good looks, but my goodness, he's very, very good with the ball at his feet. I mean. If there if there there will be teams looking for a goalkeeper next season, I mean probably 
yeah, you know, you could say I mean, the only teams would be looking for good goalkeepers. Um, probably Manchester United if they want a very good ball playing centre, ball playing goalkeeper. I mean, De Gea has improved, but Diogo Costa is a much improvement ahead of uh, De Gea. He's not as uh, tall as De Gea, but he's a good shot stopper as well. Um, maybe Bayern Munich. I mean, that would be a huge step to take. I mean, it's not easy to fill the boots of a legend at the club, which Manuel Neuer is. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it could be interesting to see. I mean, again, I mean, big shout-out to Mediterranean. He was a, a fabulous game again. Otavio as well. Won the ball brilliantly with the first goal uh, for, 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 for Porto. And then again, you know, Otavio with a brilliant finish. I think it was much subdued performance from Club Brugge. I've, I've seen them play brilliantly this season and they've done marvellously well, but this game was a bit too much for them. I mean, you can understand, I mean, but there are in the round of 16, probably, they will be playing against Leverkusen away from home, so I expect them to be pretty darn good against a side who's struggling, but don't undermine them. Atletico Madrid, by the way, it looks for them that they're going out of this competition and not and not looks for them, but it looks for them that they are heading to the Europa League. Um, I hope for the sake of uh, the football club, they don't be in the Europa League. They play only in the La Liga, so it would be easy for them to actually focus on getting the best out of themselves. I mean, I don't think that they are playing pretty well in La Liga itself. Simeone is... Well, Simeone is Simeone, so we can't expect much from him. So... Uh, We'll see what happens with, uh, well, with with this group. But yeah, for now, I think Porto, I just believe that they can sneak up the first place and end this group on a high. It's ma- ma- brilliant victory. Marvellous performance, by the way, yesterday. Very, very good. So we now move on from Spain to Portugal as we had Benfica taking on Juventus, a game which Juventus had to win to have any sort of hopes to progress in the Champions League round of 16 and... Well, the hopes were blown away instantaneously as Antonio Silva nodded in the ball in the back of the net, made it 1-0 so very early, but Juventus then, from the corner, it was, I don't know whose goal it was, maybe Mozart Ken got the goal ahead of Lahovic, but yeah, you know, good, I mean, good for them, they got it, got it back to 1-1 and then that very unlucky, very unlucky I would say for Juventus as Quadrado handles the ball in the box. It's a penalty for Benfica. João Mario scores that penalty. By the way, Portugal at the World Cup, if, if it ever comes down to a penalty shoot, and they have got some very, very good penalty takers. Uh, mind you, I mean, Andre Silva is a good penalty taker. Bruno Fernandes, as we all know. João Felix is a very good penalty taker. Ruben Neves is a very good penalty taker. We all know about Cristiano. Then there is João Mario, as we saw yesterday. That's six. I mean, Jota as well is a very, very cool customer on the penalties. Well, he, well he's not going to be uh, at the World Cup, so that's a sad part of it. So, yeah, some very, very good penalty takers for Portugal. I mean, even Rafael Guerreiro, I've, I've seen one or two penalties of his. He's, he's, again, a very, very good penalty taker. So, you know, they've, they've got options right now on penalty shootouts. Um, well, I hope that it does not come down to it and they win the game in the 90 minutes itself. Uh, but yeah, you know, Benfica yesterday, they 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 were completely dominant, and Juventus it was a shambles of a performance. I do not know what the sort of management 
Max Allegri is trying to do. I feel sorry for Federico Gatti because he he made that mistake for with the second goal, the first goal, it, uh, the, the first goal it was uh, the the uh, the Antonio Silva goal when he completely loses loses the uh, big Portuguese international. Um, but yeah, you know, there's there's no excuse for this this this, this defeat. Uh, I feel sorry, as I said, for Federico Gatti. He showed some character in the end, missed a big chance to make it 4-4, um, right at the death. But I, I don't think the, the scoreline tells you the story. I mean, the scoreline suggests that it was a magnificent game, end-to-end stuff. It ended 4-3 now. It was not a good game. Benfica dominated it. And Benfica deserved to win this game. Um, you talk about all this Max Lairery shambles and stuff like that, but... You know what? For once, we have to praise. We we really and really and truly have to praise Roger Schmidt. The job that he's doing right now at Benfica is just outstanding. He's come from PSV Eindhoven, not a big budget to actually get some resources, and they've got some good players this season. They've lost Darwin Nunez to Liverpool. They've got in very very good players. You you've kept hold of Gonzalo Ramos. That's a big 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 achievement for you as a club because Benfica's always been a selling club and you keep hold of someone like Gonzalo Ramos it's very very good for you mind David Neres you mind someone like an Enzo Fernandez who's been outstanding you get rid of Yannara Tongan you put your faith you put your money on Antonio Silva to see how good he, he is and he is a marvellous defender I'm, I'm very very happy for him 18 years of age, he's got the maturity, he's got the drive, he's got the hunger, and you look at he's he's, he's got a proper centre back sort of a, a a personality inside him. I mean, you can see a bit of Sergio Ramos inside him. He's very very aggressive. He's not that Ruben Diaz type of a type of player who looks by the looks of it, Ruben Diaz looks very very aggressive, but he's not that aggressive. He's a very good reader of the game. Antonio Silva needs to develop that part of it, but. He, my goodness, he's he's a fabulous, fabulous defender. I mean, he, can, I, I cannot under, I I cannot really make out at the age of twenty one, twenty two. He'll be very, very good. He he's that good right now. He's got that build. He's got that physique as well. Fabulous defender. Um, Grimaldo's done well this season. I mean, he was pretty average last season. He's done well. Rafa Silva. I mean, that is something that we need to talk about. He is out of the Portuguese national team. He's. Uh, well, he's said that it's curtains for him at the national team, but, well, he is going to play as long as he could for Penfica, and he's been an icon for this for, for, for this side. They've been brilliant la- lately, and Rafsil has been a big part of it. Uh, Arjuna, he's another player who's does not look convincing for the eye to, to the eye, but, well, he's done his job as well. Uh, João Mario, well, Inter didn't really rate him that highly but he's again got something under his belt that is so very exciting I mean so many good players around playing for Benfica this time around it's an incredible job that Roger Smith's done I mean and to Alexander Barr at right back is not someone who's been really talked about even by Benfica supporters but he's a very very good player and probably the right player to actually be on the Danish national side behind uh, Rasmus Christensen, I guess. So, yeah, maybe. You know, he's, he's, he's a fabulous player. He's good on the ball. He's good defensively. So, we'll see what happens for Benfica. But as for Juventus, I mean, this is just this is just really bad. It's escalating downwards so very fast. I mean, 
we think that we've seen a low when they get beaten by PSG, but we all know that they're not good as PSG. They show some character, they still get beaten 2-1. Then they get beaten by Benfica. We think that's, again, a low, but are they as good as Benfica at the present time? And, well, no. And then... They get beaten by Monza, and are they as good as Monza? Well, well, yeah, they're better than Monza, but they still get beaten. Then they get beaten against Maccabi Haifa. Are they better than Maccabi Haifa? Well, yes. Well, yes, but they still get beaten 2-0. I don't understand what the, what the mentality of these players right now is going to be, but it's... Well, it's, it's going to be concerning for Andrea Agnelli. If, if you're seeing this sort of stuff, you... You really need to act fast. I mean, right now, if if you ask me, it's a race against time now. It has to be a race between Juventus and Barcelona to sack their manager and get Marcelo Gallardo. He is he's available right now. He can take a new job. Maybe he wants to stay, sit behind and watch watch this team, watch these teams around, circusing around Europe. I mean. One of these two teams has to get Marcelo Gallardo on because we all know that PSG is going to crash out. They're going to be humbled out of the Champions League and they're going to fire Christophe Gaultier and everything's going to crash out. But yeah, I, I believe you know you, you've 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 got to you've got to take a decision. I mean, one of the I mean, it, it, it's really evident. I mean, if you if you are, if you're Andrea Agnelli, you you probably have a, a bit of a talk with uh, Allegri and see what what things are. They don't have the finances, obviously. Gallardo's not going to come for cheap. That's just as simple as that because, well, you, you can't say anything right now. Tuchel is someone else who I think would fit the system for pretty well with his two wing-backs, Lecosage and Quadrado. Um, it's it's not that easy. I mean, the decisions by... The, the, the decisions really by Allegri have left me questioning his credibility for this Juventus job. I mean... Uh, that's that's what I'm coming to right now. Because, well, Kostic and Vlahovic, the two Serbians, I don't know if he's got anything in Serbia, but you've got two players who are, well, what you call it, but you've, you've, you've got two players, one who can feed the ball, as bad at, he's the best feeder of the ball in the box, another one who's got the best chance of heading the ball in the back of the net or coming at the end of it and you're putting all those two out and you're putting in Matthias Sule and what Illing Jr I, I don't know his first name but Illing Jr he just changed the game by the way but yeah you, you're putting those two kids out to play and what do you expect them to be I don't know but well certain questions I mean what are you resting him for are you resting him for Lecce I don't know but God, this is this is just really bad. I mean, I hope to see Gatti again against PSG. Um, I hope to see Sule again starting the game, obviously. And well, Paredes is out, so Locatelli probably will start. Rabio is playing out of his skin, by the way, um, scoring goals as well. So yeah, I mean, probably you you have to make a decision right now. It's it's. It's now or never, obviously. I mean, you look at this. I mean, imagine, you know, Juventus, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, these three teams, along with Real Madrid, obviously, and some of the English clubs, 
they were driving the Super League, now they all are in the uh, Europa League. Manchester United are already in the Europa League. You have, uh, uh, you always have Arsenal there, so that's five. You add to it that there is Arsenal in there. Uh, so I'm sorry, there's there's Jose Mourinho's Roma there. There's Lazio doing pretty well in Serie A as well. You've got the team who's top of the Bundesliga table right now in Union Berlin, still in the uh, in the, in the Europa League. So that's eight. And if Salzburg, um, Shakhtar Donetsk and Marseille win their next game in the Champions League, that would mean that Leipzig, Tottenham and Milan will also join these eight clubs in the, in, in the Europa League. So that makes it sick. That really makes it sick. So, you know, it's, it's, it's up for grabs. I mean, get your bottles out. I mean, that's Europa League is the one to watch, isn't it? It, it really is. So we now move on from Portugal to England where we had Spurs against uh, Sporting Lisbon in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in North London and it was a very enjoyable game. Um, interesting scenario there as well now because uh, all four teams can qualify for the Champions League knockout stages. I mean, even if you're Antra and Frankfurt, you need a victory on the last day against uh, Sporting in Lisbon so you can get through to the... Uh, next round so well it's anything is possible Tottenham will be away to the velodrome to play Marseille um, so yeah it, anything is possible anything uh, can happen in this group but we'll be talking about Tottenham against Sporting and uh, well this was a game which was again very much controversial you can talk about all those uh, refereeing decisions and stuff like that by the way I, I forgot to touch upon that real climax that happened in the Atleti and by Leverkusen game where it's it's just nuts I mean everyone's singing that the game's over and we're shaking hands and the referee I think it was Clement Turpan in that game against in, in that game between uh, Atleti and Bayer Leverkusen he's got to just wriggle his way through all those people who are standing in there he's checking the monitor I think it was Kosanu who was adjudged the culprit there, and uh, the and the penalty was given. I don't think it was the right decision, by the way. I think it was not a penalty; just is served. Um, Yannick Carrasco induces a save from Lucas Radetzky, and then it was Saul, I guess, who placed his header on the crossbar. I mean, it was just mad scenes going on, but you know, a lot of. Uh, um, a lot of enjoyment after the game for by Leverkusen players, or they just managed to sneak out something out of that out of that game. But yeah, we'll talk about the uh, um, Tottenham versus Spurs game. It was a very enjoyable game for the neutral. Again, very much controversial in the end. Uh, Antonio Conte. I mean, I can understand the frustration of Antonio Conte there, but um, yeah, you can say obviously it was over the line, but the rules are the rules. I mean, you. It's fine margins, and sometimes that 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 are fine margins. And I I I heard it somewhere. I I, I read it somewhere. I mean, I'll come back to the Spurs against Sporting M, and again drifting away from the topic. But again, fine margins. Again, it was the first game after lockdown of the Premier League. It was Sheffield United against Aston Villa, and I think it was Dean Henderson who. In that it, it was it was a very famous corner that was being taken. Someone I don't know who headed the ball, but Dean Henderson threw his body weight. It, I think it 
was Dean Henderson. I think it was the Aston Villa goalkeeper, where the ball was certainly over the line, but the goal line technology, I mean, to the naked arms replays, it looked like it was over the line, but the uh, goal line technology did not intervene, and the game ended in nil-nil. Later in the season, it was Aston Villa who stayed up in the Premier League by a, by a single point, and it was Bournemouth who went down in the uh, second division uh, or, or in the championship and then it was Bournemouth who were forced to sell Nathan Ake to Man City who in the game against Arsenal at the Emirates cleared the ball off the line it was margins there he cleared the ball off the line City went on to score the second goal in, in, in injury time and they won the game by two goals to one and instead of drawing that game 2-2, Arsenal lost that game by two goals to one. At the end of the season, Liverpool lost the title to Man City by a solitary point, and it all comes down to that game between Sheffield United and Aston Villa. I mean, it's isn't that really crazy, you know, but, you know, stranger things have happened in football and stranger things happen again in this game between Sporting and the Spurs. I'll get again into it and... Well, it was a okay. It was a very enjoyable game, as I said. Small margins. Harry Kane. I mean, you might feel he's unlucky there, but it's 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 really what what we're going to see there. But yeah, you have to give it to Antonio Madan. He had a fabulous game. He played out of his skin. Had a marvelous goalkeeping display there. Uh, Thirty-five years of age, something that he is. But yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know what happened to uh, Ruben Amorim, but he was very much tensed in the in in the dugout uh, for for a long time. But yeah, good to see him there. But uh, yeah, so um, surely something would have happened in the end. But my God, that was a very very interesting game. Sporting played really well for the first half. Tottenham would disappeared. Really nothing in the first half from Tottenham. Uh, that one chance that Marcus Edwards had, he scored. Paulinho had a big chance. Uh, I, I don't remember the name of that kid who came on. Very young kid, Portuguese lad. Uh, had two very big chances. Not big chances, but two chances to have a go at uh, at Hugo Lloris, but never really materialised into anything. Um, in the end, it's 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 not really um, it's it's not really you know harsh on Sporting again or even on Tottenham because. I thought in the balance of the game, it was probably right that it ended in a draw. Again, Sebastian Coates, uh, well, my goodness, what was he doing there? He could have gone with his head, his hand was hanging in there, he played it with his hand, gets a yellow card for it, I mean, obviously. Well, we'll have to give it to Sporting, they're not having a good season, again, in the... Uh, in the league, I think they, they played Casa Pia at the weekend. And they played really well against them. Uh, give it hats off to them. And were behind, they came back to win the game. I think it was away to Casa Pia, but really good. But you know, they, we'll have to give it to them because they 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 were not able to beat Marseille, but they were able to beat them up. I mean, they accumulated a lot of red cards in that game. I, mean, I can understand Pedro Goncalves was suspended for this game. If I'm right, I mean, he was the only change from the team that started against Tottenham the reverse fixture on match day two, because he was suspended. Um, 
and well, Antonio Adan was suspended in that first game at the Velodrome. So, yeah, so they didn't they didn't beat Marseille, but they beat them up across the two games. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. Now, well, Tottenham are in a very strange position because this game, this this group would have been very easy peasy for a team like Spurs, but they have made a mess of it. They've made a big mess of it, to be honest. Uh, and now they have to go to the Velodrome to play Marseille. Marseille haven't had a big European game in years now. I mean, obviously, it's 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 going to be a hostile atmosphere. I mean, it's always just buzzing around in the velodrome, isn't it? You know, such a great place to be uh, on the southwest, is it? Yeah, southwest of France. Um, yeah, brilliant atmosphere it's going to be. And, and well, the, you've got the Arsenal clan of old who are there to kick you out in the Europa League uh, for Marseille. I mean... They've got, what, Genduzzi, Alexis Sanchez, Seed Kolasinac. Um, who's the other one? Nuno Tavares is there. Um, well, it's, 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 just, it's just ridiculous, you know, for the storylines. I mean, it could be a mini North London derby. Yeah. Um, but, but obviously, it's, 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 it's just brilliant. But, yeah, um, well, uh, if, you are, if, if you're sporting, you're not really in a uh, rosy place right now as well because... Well, you've got to get Antoine Frankfurt in, and if Marseille beat Tottenham, and you fail to get a victory against Frankfurt, then Marseille will go through in the next round, and Sporting are going to go out to the Europa League. So, well, maybe it's it's there's a lot of permutations and combinations here, but I believe that they can do well against Frankfurt. I ex I expect Spurs to win against Marseille. Obviously, I won't be surprised if they don't win it because it would be Spursy, and we've seen it in a long time now. But well, we've got to. We really have to hope that they do well against uh, against uh, against Marseille at the Velodrome. It's not going to be easy, but if they don't, they're going to join their mates in the Super League, the Europa League, as we call it. Um, but yeah, moving on to the game in Germany it was. Uh, Leipzig against Real Madrid. Real Madrid having a lot of changes in the team. No Modric, no Benzema, no Alaba. So many changes. Carvajal was not playing. Uh, no Valverde. Um, a lot of changes. Courtois back in the Champions League gear for Real Madrid. Good to see him there. Um, but yeah, not a good performance. And in the end, Leipzig deservedly getting the victory. Um, Real Madrid are going to be playing against Celtic on match day six. And expect them to again field a very a very second string side i mean i expect Camavinga to again play maybe modric if he's fit and all those guys i mean probably lucas vasquez will play again alaba i think would play rudiger will play i think hazard might play asensio has to play he was brilliant yesterday um as for leipzig leipzig were brilliant i think they had to do what they did they're not having a good time in the league really not really been atrocious in the league to be honest uh, they're not picking up pace i won't be surprised if they don't make it to the champions league places next season i mean i probably think that one between freiburg and union berlin are going to have a big slip up in the mid-season so well I, we don't know what's going to happen but they certainly have done their job they probably have to be very good when they turn up in warsaw because a defeat, there, a, a defeat there in Warsaw means that 
well, Shakhtar is going to go through because they will have the head-to-head against um, against Leipzig. So, well, it, it has to be this game. Christopher Nkunku was brilliant this game. Schwab's live is good. Andre Silva does a lot of good work off the ball. He's not having the good time in terms of productivity with the ball, but off the ball he's done brilliantly this season. Um, a lot of questions right now for Real Madrid as well. They've lost the first game of the season. Oh, well, that's good because they had to do it sometime. They were lucky to not have lost against Shakhtar Donetsk in uh, in, in Warsaw. But yeah, well, Leipzig have to be very careful of the team. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of seeing <laughs> Emil Forsberg. I mean, he's not giving much. I, I love Emil Forsberg. He's a very good player. But he's not giving much at the moment to... Uh, to Leipzig, so we'll have to see what happens there. And well, the Champions League is up to a very good ending right now. I mean, we might see the rise of Europa League, the mighty Europa League, but well, Champions League has done really well. I mean, screw the Super League right now, but well, it's 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 really happening. So uh, an announcement to make. I've been, I mean, I'll be uh, getting up with the reviews of some of the big teams around in the world for the World Cup and I'll be doing it from now until the uh, the start of the World Cup so that will be uh, my agenda from now and uh, I'll also be pre- I'll also be getting into the some of the games and the Champions League sometime the weekend I'll, I'll be doing it as well with my regular work but this is going to be some additional uh, podcasts that will be uploaded in the meantime um Teams like Portugal, England, Spain, Germany, Brazil, Senegal as well, Denmark, some dark horses as well in it. But we'll see what happens, and we'll, we'll, I'm, I'm working on it, and I'll try my best to cover all the big teams, and we'll see what happens. But for now, it's it's bye from me. It's been a pleasure recording this podcast. Uh, match day five of the Champions League brought to you by the One Touch Talks. This was your host, Mayuresh Matkar. Thank you very much.